Hello, my name is Persia, and this is Eleven Again. Eleven Again is a show about the things that we were obsessed with as kids. The things that people could not stop reading, or watching, or thinking about, or talking about, or listening to, whatever it was. Today I'm very excited to have my first sibling duo, Callie and Aaron. I have only brothers, I have three older brothers and one younger brother, and so I'm sort of like fascinated by sister relationships. And Callie and Aaron grew up together in the same room and watched a lot of one TV show in particular, Ghost Hunters, which was a reality TV show on the Sci-Fi channel. Especially with siblings, did you guys ever like hype yourself up into like believing stuff? Oh, oh my God, with Christmas, yes, yeah, absolutely. Our, our dad is like Christmas fanatic. Like he goes all out, decorates the entire house, like top to bottom. The bathrooms have decorations. The outside is like super decked out. Always got to be the brightest house on the block. And so we grew up getting like really into it. Like December 1st, the, the magic is on. And um, I'm four and a half years older than Callie. So... I definitely got to the age of like, mm, Santa's not really real before <laughs> her, but uh, myself and our older brother, who's only a year older than me, loved to um, lean into it and and keep the magic alive. And there were many times where we would try to convince Callie that like the the, the elves were outside. It'd <laughs> yeah. be like one stressed up as them. And we tried to like, I don't even know. I remember sneaking, sneaking downstairs early Christmas morning one year, and it was like a classic like TV show, like almost like three kid heads stacked on top of each other, kind of <laughs> creeping down the stairs. But Ryan was in front, and he like no, he like me. oh it was you in front. Oh, because I, I remember like one of you freaking out, and being like, oh my god, I saw an elf! I saw an elf in the living room! And I we were all like, oh my god! So convinced that I saw an elf, and now in my my wise old years, I can look back and realize that I just saw the shadow or like our, the silhouette of our dog moving <laughs> through the living room. <laughs> That's funny. I love that stuff though. I used to like, I feel like I would be at a sleepover and I'd be like, oh my God, I saw a fairy. I saw a fairy. Like I saw a fairy <laughs> in the sink. And then you go back and tell your friends and your friends are like, oh my God. I Yeah, I saw one the other week. Like everyone's yeah, trying totally. to get into it. <laughs> and it's just like everyone knows that they're feeding into the lie, but that's kind of the fun part. Aaron and our neighbor tried to convince me that there was um, a society in our local park called Leprechaun Land. <laughs> and, and only people who were, uh, I think, like 11 or 13 years old were allowed to go inside. So I couldn't go into Leprechaun Land, but they would bring me back vials of glitter from Leprechaun Land and tell me that it was it was sand from Leprechaun Land. No, I think we once gave you a bag of sand. Oh. We told you it was Leprechaun dust. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yo, how are the leprechauns giving off the dust? Where is the dust coming from? Oh, it's, uh, it's their magic, you know? We would go and we would like save their village and then we would bring back tokens to Callie. She was never allowed to join us though because the, I was like, never old enough. The age limit just kept moving up as she was getting older. Was now really... the age limit is 25, I guess. <laughs> crazy. It just keeps increasing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, were you upset, Callie, or you were like, that's fine? Um, a part of me was upset because I wanted to be part of the fun. And then another part of me was like, obviously they're fucking with me. Um, so I like didn't want I didn't want to be excited about it, but I I was I actually kept that bag of leprechaun dust for a really long time. <laughs> it was in the junk drawer in the kitchen. I remember the bag too. Yeah, it was like a little like like velvet satchel. It was like purple, I think. Yeah. How long did you guys watch Ghost Hunters for? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we only watched I think 
probably the first few seasons because the the cast changes over time. Uh, and we definitely watched a few seasons because I feel like there are new or different people each season. There's always the two main guys, Grant and Jason, who started the the Atlantic Paranormal Society together um, and Ghost Hunters, basically. But I do remember like the cast changing. At one point, there was a woman. There was the guy named Tango. Tango! And then I think over time, it was like completely different. I feel like over time, Grant and Jason weren't even in it, but I might be wrong. I don't remember I'm not sure about that. 2004. <laughs> and the final episode was 2016, but we definitely started watching it like early on back in when we were watching uh, Project Runway season 4. Yeah, so whenever Project Runway season 4 was on, <laughs> that's like when we started watching it. And and there were there was like a good couple of years where we would watch it pretty religiously our um our neighbor down the street who's like exactly between us in age. We'd hang out with her all the time, the three of us. Uh, she's basically like our, our third sister. Uh, she would come over and we would all watch it together, actually. Yeah. It was like a big ritual. <laughs> With the tiny TV in the corner of our, our room. Oh, you do you guys have a TV in your room? We did. And it had a timer. Uh, so at night, we would be watching like the Cosby show on Nick at Night together. And we'd have to p- put a 10-minute timer. But we always want to watch more. And we would like run to the stairs and be like, Mom, Dad, can we have 10 more minutes? And then we would run back to our room. And then we would actually set a 10-minute timer because we were good kids. <laughs> it, it was like a separate timer or like a timer actually built into the TV? It was built into the TV. You could like use the remote to set it. And then after 10 minutes, it would just shut off. Yeah. Oh my God, I've never heard about that. It's this like is... the original parental control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is it's actually this is really a vintage. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't realize that you guys were so different in age because four and a half years is not nothing. That's um, true. Because I, I had a friend who had a younger sister who was like, I think almost five years younger than her. And that felt like a really big gap when we were kids. And me and my middle oldest brothers are three years apart, which feels like the kind of like perfect in between. Cause like two or one year even is like, you're practically twins at that point. There's, yeah. there's too much competition. Oh yeah. No, my, my older brother, like I said, he's a year older than me. We're Irish twins essentially. So it's like almost. the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Callie and I definitely like, like, I hit a lot of like life milestones like long before her. And there were definitely periods through our childhood where like the that age difference was really evident. I definitely went through like a mean older sibling phase at certain <laughs> points. And uh but but Callie and I have always been close, even when like our age difference was more prevalent. We still enjoyed each other's company, uh, which was fortunate because we shared a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is also part of why we enjoyed each other's company because we just like we had to learn how to get along. And it paid off in the long run because look at us, we're two adults who choose to live together still. So how long did you did you guys always room together like the entire time you were in your parents' house? Since Callie was born until I went away to college. That's not true. I had my own room until I was like two. <laughs> Until I was old like enough to have a bed. <laughs> I, had, I had my own crib room, and I think you lived in Ryan's room. Oh, yeah. My brother and I shared a bunk bed. I, I did f- forget about those first two years. <laughs> Forgive me. So really, Erin's never had her own room to herself. Yeah. Pretty much, no. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I shared a room with my brother, <laughs> then my sister, then in college, I had roommates, and then... After college, I pretty much I moved in with my partner and we've been living together ever since. So, <laughs> yeah. So how did you guys do you remember how you got into Ghost Hunters? I have no idea. 
I think we probably, you know, back in the days of cable, there's nothing to watch. So you just kind of flip through and we probably just stumbled upon it and we were drawn into it. Probably. I don't know. I don't know how or why we got into it. I think I was really into the sci-fi channel as a kid. Yeah, that would make sense. Back when the sci-fi channel was spelled S-C-I-F-I and not S-Y-F-Y. Yeah. (laughs) Vintage. Before they got clever. (laughs) What kind of stuff do you remember about the show? Like when you were watching it as kids? We believed it was so real. Yes. I, I still, like, I don't, I definitely was like, I, I f- fully believed in ghosts when I was younger. I don't so much anymore, but I there's always like a little part of me, you know? I love paranormal shit. Yeah, I find it so fascinating. And there's so many things where I'm like, I don't believe in ghosts, but man, that was weird and spooky. Or man, I felt really like scared in that moment. I don't know what was happening. Who knows? But I mean, at the time we were like so fully invested. And I remember like our dad would sit down in the room with us (laughs) and he'd be like, you know, I'm the skeptic and this is just nonsense. They faked that. And we'd be like, no, you're wrong, dad. (laughs) It's so real. (laughs) If they heard a noise, he'd be like, it was probably just a cat. (laughs) But he would also sit down and watch it with us. Yeah. While complaining the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know how much of the show is real, if any of it is real, but it did feel very genuine when we watched as a kid. And there were other ghost hunting shows that I tried to watch when I was a kid, but they just felt so campy and overacted and, like, more dramatic. Like, they made it more dramatic to make it more interesting, whereas Ghost Hunters, I feel like... It's very down-to-earth. Yeah, like, well, the whole premise is, like, these two guys, Jason and Grant, who founded the Atlantic Paranormal Society, or what they call TAPS, are just plumbers by day, and they do ghost hunting at night for fun. Yeah, basically, like, they had some... And this, I'm pretty sure that this is very real. Like, these are just two plumbers who both were, like, kind of into paranormal stuff. Like, they've had some weird experiences. But also through their plumbing experience, they've realized that a lot of things that people think are scary can actually be explained by very normal things. Like, you hear a ghost rattling in the walls, and no, it's just your pipes, and also you need to get those fixed. Um, So they- And we're here to fix them. (laughs) So so they actually, they approached it with like an air of skepticism they'd go to people who were like ah, oh, my house is haunted and they like right off the bat would be like okay well like let's look at exactly what it is you're experiencing and see if there's any like rational explanation for it before we go in and do the like paranormal explanation or exploration and there are episodes of the show where nothing happens there are episodes of the show where they don't really get anything like maybe they hear like one noise at night that they can't explain but like a, a bump in the night could be anything but like they yeah. don't really get anything and at the end of the episode they say like hey we didn't find anything we don't think anything paranormal is going on here yeah like it's not like every episode is like oh my god we heard a little girl's voice in the bathroom yeah <laughs> it's more like like they do um evp recordings and they like take videos and they separate in groups and like walk around the EVP, house or the building meaning electronic voice phenomenon oh, the electronic voice phenomenon <laughs> these are things that we you, learn <laughs> where you record paranormal or otherworldly voices or it's just um, like you you leave a recorder on and like yeah and the paranormal voices can be picked up by like you're like yeah. if you left the microphone that you're using on at night and there's a ghost in your room like it could pick up the ghost sounds yeah so they they would like walk around the house with these EVP recorders and then later on go and like w- listen to the recordings and watch the videos to see if they could find anything and sometimes they would find like really faint 
like things that sound like human words that could be ghosts but also you know there's the fact that our brains are wired to like find meaning in randomness so you know there's always the like it could be a man saying hey or it could be like one of the people on the team coughing <laughs> i recently yeah. learned there's a word for that paradalia or ah. par- paradalia i'm not sure how to pronounce it latin but that's like the human's brain like the human brain needing to like pick up patterns and see the familiar and the unfamiliar makes sense yeah and so when they would like find ghost stuff then they would just be like there's ghost stuff like <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it they would go to the owners the next day and be like they would show the people like hey these are some weird things in the recordings that we saw or heard if you want to see or hear them yourself and like they they were they were n- not always like so definitive like yes this place is haunted they would be more like yes we found stuff and it's kind of more like validation for people who are like I've been hearing things in my house all this time and it's like oh hey we actually heard those too yeah (laughs) yeah like a lot of times they would like have that like final scene where they sit down with the homeowner and the homeowner like in their like final like um confessional you know interview would just be like yeah like I just I feel validated um it's just nice to know that like my house is haunted. I'm not scared <laughs> yeah. about it. I'm just glad that it's a haunting and I'm not going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Were you guys like doing a lot of other scary stuff when you were kids? Like, did you watch scary movies or anything? Or Courage of the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Loved Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the scariest thing that I watched as a I kid, though. I refused to watch it as a kid. It's genuinely, it, like, traumatizing. It's really scary. And some of the episodes go into really heavy topics, like that one episode where that um, the bunny girl's being abused and her cat friend is like, I hate dogs because her boyfriend's a dog. Yeah, it goes into, like, domestic violence and, like, gang stuff. It's crazy. You got to do an episode show. on Courage the Cowardly Dog, Persia. Yeah, I would. Force myself to watch it. Yeah. Yes. But you weren't, like, completely, like, horror flick interested. No, I I watched uh, The Poltergeist Ooh. at my neighbor's house when I was, like, 13. And that was the first scary movie I ever saw. And I came home and I had to sleep in Callie's bed because I was terrified of our <laughs> closet. And I didn't watch another scary movie again for, like, 10 years. I couldn't do scary movies for the longest time. But I did still have, like, a morbid curiosity. And, like, it was more, like, I enjoyed, like, real life ghost stories like hearing about like spooky things that happened in my grandma's house and yes. like things like that yeah our, our grandmother has lived <laughs> in a number of haunted houses like every house that she's lived in our mom has experienced weird stuff in it i'm definitely more into scary stuff as an adult now i'm also really into like true paranormal stories uh there's like a master list of reddit threads where people talk about their experiences i love that stuff oh my god i've exhausted the entire <laughs> list and i need more but i can't find more oh my god <laughs> it's not exactly that you guys liked being scared is that you you liked the like story element you think of it or like the discovery i liked the mystery yeah yeah, there's the mystery and and I think I'm like I'm definitely like a, a atheist skewing agnostic now, but we were raised Irish Catholic, which means like 
We went to church when grandma was around. We went, we, you know, we did CDC, like religious education uh, once a week, but mostly because our grandmother would be really upset with our parents if we didn't. But I did, I still, I, I, I believed in God for like through all of my childhood and most of my teenage years too. And I think there was a little part of it for me anyway, that was like a little bit of like a spiritual validation thing. Like, ah, there is life after death. Now I find the concept of eternity terrifying, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so it was validating in terms of like validating your belief in in Irish Catholicism. No, not not that. Um, but the, in my belief in in life after death, in yeah. in like the spirit, you know. Mm. Is that so I actually don't know that much about Christianity because I know in the afterlife I thought you go to hell or heaven, I guess. One or the other, or purgatory. One or the other. Yeah. That's what I know. So how does, like, being a ghost factor into the, like, heaven or hell thing? I was going to say, I think ghost, ghost stuff goes against Christianity. But also the, the idea behind ghosts is that... Aaron's like, like well, why am I being attacked right now? Here's the thing. We were raised Irish Catholic, which means like we weren't really religious. Like we didn't yeah. believe like, you know, like Jesus was the son of God. Oh, but like, true. But like, because we didn't really go to church unless grandma was around, like I said. But like we were still brought up with the the greater understanding that like, that like, yeah, like you have a soul. Like the, the fundamentals of it is you have a soul that that continues living after your body dies. I don't yeah. have a soul. I was born ginger. Mm, <laughs> That's such a stupid South Park joke from like 2005. Well, anyway, <laughs> that that lines up with when this show was when the exactly. Ghost Hunters was on. Exactly. So that's an appropriate yeah. joke to make. Good job. The ghosts are are just souls that are for some reason bound to the earth and are unable to move on to the afterlife. That, I guess that can I be guess. skewed as purgatory, right? Are there ghosts in yeah. the Bible? That's a good question. The Holy Ghost. The, yeah, but is that a physical ghost? I don't know I don't what the know. Holy Ghost is. I don't Neither know what do the Holy I. Ghost is either. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, I'm sorry. I didn't care about religion class. <laughs> oh, no. She'll never listen to this, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm, I mean, at least 100% sure, at least. I'm like about 100% sure that I've at least seen one episode of Ghost Hunter. I'm Ghost at Hunters. least 100% <laughs> sure. I love that. I could be more sure, but I'm at least 100% yeah. sure. Well, I'm 150% sure that this is a good time. Aww. <laughs> uh, because the, the idea of it sounds so familiar to me. Like, I'm sure I was flipping through and I've seen it. There's definitely other shows out there similar to this that one. Similar, I think that yeah. this one kind of like spurred uh, like similar shows too, because I think that this one was, it was successful, popular. Yeah, it was pretty successful. And then like um, copycat shows kind of popped up afterwards, but none of them were as good. Yeah, or, like Ghost Adventures. Oh yeah, that I one was did terrible. Not like that show. <laughs> I knew people who loved that show, and I tried to watch it. And I was like, this sucks. I'm going go back to Ghost Hunters. I, I like my reality TV shows to be very like genuine. Terrace like, House. Yeah, Terrace House or like um, the Great British Bake Off is just like yes. a very, it's like about like genuine human interactions. I think that's yeah. another reason why I like Ghost Hunters or the, why I liked it so much is that it was just, a, it was a very genuine show. Like it was, a, there was like human connection there and mm. it, it felt, it felt like, you know, it was just two guys who were like trying to explore this idea that like maybe, maybe ghosts are real, you yeah. know? Do you guys remember aging out of it? Like, how you guys stopped watching? Not really. There wasn't like a defining moment where we were yeah. like, we're 
done with this. But I think just like as we got older, we just didn't anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like a weeknight TV show. It was like yeah. Thursdays at eight type of thing. And like the older we got, the more extracurricular activities we picked up and like TV watching was more of like a weekend thing and like uh, I think it probably just petered out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, then uh, I'll look forward to your watch list. Yeah, Sweet. we got to come up with a good one. Yeah. Well, we'll carry it. Did you guys watch together? Did you guys watch the show together? Yes. Of course. We watched all of the episodes on Saturday together. Yeah, in one, in one sitting. I didn't think that we would get through all of them because they're all like, I think like 40 minutes or something. But after each episode ended, we were like, okay, so the next one now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason why we stopped was because it was really late and I got tired. Yeah, we yeah. tried to make uh, Kenny, my partner, sit down with us and watch them. And they were... Um, they like watched from afar and they're like, Haha, okay, cool. And then left to go <laughs> to practice drums and they missed all of the good episodes. I know. Did you watch it in the order that like that yes. I sent you that list? Yes, okay. the prescribed order. I feel like I, it was unintentional, but I feel like that was the appropriate order. It was. I definitely liked there's one guy, uh, Steve, I yes, think. Steve and he best. was definitely having like a character arc. Yeah, and That was he like was. the best part of it. I, I felt so bad for him in the last two episodes. I feel like he missed out on all the fun because of his own fears. And that made me so sad because he just seems so sweet. I like Steve a lot. He, he definitely did have a character arc. <laughs> he did. He did. I, I wonder where he's at with all of that now. I don't know. That was like uh, 15 years ago. <sighs> yeah. That's crazy. Um. We didn't really talk about the fact that you guys live together, which I, I think is super interesting oh. because I don't know that many adult siblings who live together. That's a good point. And it's not like a quarantine thing. Yeah, no, we, 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 we've been living together now for three years. Almost. Yeah, kind of. I was like in school for one year and technically had a house at school, but I lived here pretty much. Yeah, explicitly. so th <laughs> this is by choice. I just think that we're really fortunate people in that like, Callie would be my friend if she wasn't related to me. Hell yeah. And I, I feel that way about Pablo, her her partner too. Like if he wasn't dating my sister, I'd still be friends with him. And it just kind of works out really well that like the four of us living here all get along really well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like whenever I'm like, oh, I live with my boyfriend and my sister, people are like, that's weird. I'm like, no, it's not. We're all friends. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's great. Like yeah. this is this is the like most homey living situation I think I've ever mm -hmm. I've ever had. Yeah, you all four of you live in like a house. Like you guys have a house together. It very much gives me like a college vibe in the way that like there are notorious houses <laughs> that like a bunch of people will like live at for a long period of time and that'll be like that the spot mm -hmm. you know your house always feels like the spot like the spot to go yeah we even have like a house nickname very college oh yes perfect i was wondering yeah. if it was a house nickname what's the house nickname we're wizard house 
Our, our Wi-Fi <laughs> is Wizard's house. Yeah. Uh, in our house, like, uh, messenger chat, we all have uh, wizard nicknames. So what came first, the party or the name for the house? I think the name for the house came first. I don't know why, but when you, Kenny, and Pablo moved in initially, you were all just like, this is the wizard's house now. Like, pretty much right away. I have no idea why. (laughs) I don't remember, but that just really feels like something that Pablo spearheaded. It probably was. Right. I think it was. Do you want to tell about how the the, the party got the party tradition started? Because it was your friend who had the dream. Why we started doing wizard party. I don't remember. Didn't your friend have a dream that we had a wizard party? I think it sounds familiar. Brendan Roney? Yeah. It might have been. I think it was. (laughs) This is what I recall. Kylie's friend from college had a dream, knowing that we were the wizard house, that we had a wizard-themed party, and we were all like, well, yes, I guess that's just prophecy. And so it was the first Halloween that we lived in this house. We did the first weekend after Halloween. We had a wizard-themed party, and everybody who attended had to dress as a wizard. You were not allowed in our house (laughs) if you did not have a wizard or wizard-adjacent uh, garb in mm. some capacity, and it became a tradition uh, until COVID. <laughs> Wizard adjacent is a really broad term because Pablo decided that the ninjas from Naruto can be considered wizards because they do <laughs> they magic. Do magic, yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Though, I, yeah, I support it. I think any magic user can count as a wizard. Yeah, yeah. there is something sort of fantastical to me about the fact that you guys are sisters because I have all brothers and I always hear kind of I feel like I either hear that sisters are like demonic opposites and like (laughs) kind of hate love each other or sisters are like best friends in the womb even if they didn't share a womb (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny there's always kind of like an either or you know it's funny I'm gonna sidestep here for a second and like bring it back to ghost hunters in that like I think that like some in my mind, like formative moments in our like sister bonding were like came together because we felt like there was something paranormal or like we were scared and we had each other in that room. That's true. Like I remember there was one night where you you said you were like hearing noises coming from mom and dad's room, which was like adjacent to our room and Callie's like bed was like right up against that wall and you were so freaked out and our parents were downstairs there was nobody in their room but you heard like music coming from it or something right when i was younger i heard it sounded like a weird like high-pitched siren sound that sounded like it was coming from their room and it freaked me out and i remember i i forced myself into your bed that night yeah because i was like i don't want to sleep alone so we slept together in a twin-size bed and then there was another time that I thought I heard like weird flute music. I heard that two times actually when I was alone in the house. Yeah, and then I said weird juju. I went into the backyard with our dog Maggie and I hid behind a tree until mom came home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Was it an old house? No, no not it was really. built in the 50s. 50s or 60s. But okay, so the development that our, our I think the development that our house is in was like brought up in the 50s. It's a very like woodsy, uh, like there's a lot of very tall oak trees and stuff. And it's it all used to be a part of this farm 
I think it was like a cucumber farm because a pickle our, farm. Yeah, our hometown is like known for being like an old pickle town. We have like a big pickle <laughs> festival every year. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. Anyway, the property that our house is on used to be a part of this property, and the 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 farmhouse is still standing. It's like a historic site in our town, and uh, it's infamous for the the family that owned it. I think the owner died really like horribly tragically. Like he burned in a fire. What? Yeah. Th- like the the. Pr- I thought that one of the family members like murdered everyone in their sleep or something. These definitely <laughs> sound like like <laughs> urban myths that the kids in the neighborhood pass yes, around. They do. Completely. There is there is a graveyard in the um, park next to the playground. Yes, you can see their tombstones. It's like. In the woods, though, you kind of have to, like, hop a fence. And so, like, growing up as kids, that was, like, where the cool kids would, like, go and hang out. And I don't know. Like, I- I've kind of always felt like, hmm, the neighborhood's a little bit cursed. Yeah, because we had neighbors who also, um, you know, Kelly, who we were talking about last time, they had weird experiences in their house, too. And they were even closer to the... Uh, That's true. To the, the, the grave site. Wow. I love that. I'm, like, so in support of, like, regional ghost stories. I think there's something to that. (laughs) I love regional ghost stories, yeah. It just, it it, it helps. It does something. It adds a little flavor. It brings Mm -hmm. people together. Yeah. It does. Like I said, we had some formative experiences. We did. (laughs) I feel like um, what you guys were describing of just, like, hearing strange noises just watching the show, I was having so many mixed emotions because sometimes I really felt like they were convincing me. Mm. And sometimes I was like, what they're seeing and hearing could literally be anything. Mm-hmm. But like every now and then they would like feel something. And then if anything, it felt like a magic trick. I was like, I'm almost more interested in like how these things are happening. <laughs> I want to see like a behind the scenes can they do like a confessional like 20 years after the filming of Ghost Hunters? Like what actually happened? Right? It's I'd- it's so hard to tell because obviously they want you to believe that everything that's happening on the screen is real. But like every reality show is not 100% real as much as they try to convince you it is. So like how much of it is them like actually hearing things and getting scared by it? And how much of it is them like hamming it up for the cameras like oh i saw something over there whoa or like how much of it is actually real like the the chair moving in the attic in the first lighthouse episode i like obviously they want you to think that really happened but how how can i be sure that that they didn't just do that like because it's a tv show they can't fully convince me that they didn't like set something up to move the chair. Right. Like I I genuinely believe that these people believe that there's like ghosts out there and that they genuinely think that they are like mm-hmm. they're genuinely out there to to find proof of them or to like dispel, you know, things that that aren't ghosts that people claim to be. But yeah, like there are some things that like that happen on that show that you're like it's just like it seems genuine, but it's just too, too out there to really like. Like, how can you believe that? And of course, on yeah. the show, they're like, "Well, you just you just can't explain it until it happens to you," mm. which is the yeah. perfect, the perfect yeah. excuse, the perfect guys. There's just no way to prove ghosts in any way. Like, literally, unless a ghost appeared in front of me, there's no way that you could a hundred percent convince me that ghost and the paranormal 
are real in the way that it's portrayed to us in media. I think you guys are right in that, like, they do a good job of bringing it back down to earth a Mm -hmm. lot, sort of making it feel very tangible. Like, there was the one scene, they're doing a, a tour of this haunted lighthouse, and the tour guide is like, oh, sometimes we hear this bucket be picked up and dropped. And while they're doing their like nighttime sort of activities, trying to figure out if there are ghosts, they realize that one of the windows like doesn't shut all the way. And the sound of the wind opening and closing the window would like essentially sound the same as that bucket being picked up and dropped. Mm -hmm. And like when they did that and they came back to the guy and they were like, listen, like we saw this, we heard this, you know, like we found all this ghost activity, but the bucket thing, that's your window, my guy. Like you, (laughs) you got to fix your window. Like they do a good job of like coupling like reality with the unknowable, which I think, like you guys said, like it's, it's one of those shows that really rides the line and like makes it seem very like, personable and like realistic and like yeah that stuff was was really endearing it to me yeah i think that's what sets it apart from other similar shows what i really like about this show especially in that lighthouse episode when they were showing because they had a lot of activity in the saint augustine uh lighthouse episode and they had all of this evidence to show to the lighthouse owner who was skeptical at first that anything was going on in there, like he didn't believe in anything. And then they were like, oh no, here's like all this stuff that we experienced and like all of our personal encounters while we were exploring it. But then they also follow that up with, this is completely harmless. Like we heard and we saw things, but this is not like an evil entity. So there's no reason to feel afraid. Like just know that there are ghosts there And they're not there to hurt you. They're just existing in the same space as you. So you shouldn't feel scared being there. Yeah. And I liked that a lot. Like it it was it was nice. Like I feel like they want to help the people come to terms with the fact that maybe their house or their place of work is haunted, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to feel fear all the time. There's also um And I don't know, again, because it's television, if these are his true feelings or if this is for the show, but Jason is, like, notorious. They make jokes about it in the episode, and you see it happen, too, but he's, like, notorious for being really reluctant to label things as haunted, even if there is activity. He doesn't want to necessarily say, like, oh, yeah, this place is definitely haunted, even though things might happen sometimes, and that, I think... It makes it feel more real than them just being like, oh, there's ghosts here. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, okay, yeah, we we heard like a woman's voice at night, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's haunted. And then all the other people are like, oh, come on, Jason. He's like, "Ah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked the like diagnostic portions of Uh the episodes because first of all, I was kind of interested. I was like, what's your rubric for like a haunting? Like, what are the qualifications? Because they're arguing, I think, after the Race Rock Lighthouse um, investigation, they're they're really arguing about whether it's haunted or not. And he's like, he's like, oh, I wouldn't say it's not haunted. And the guys, other guys like, okay, so you would say it's haunted. Like they're, (laughs) they're really arguing about it. And I was kind of like, yeah, like what, how do you come down on either side of it? They really like show you their doubts and their misgivings about the whole process. Mm-hmm. Which, like, makes a ton of sense. Like, I, I just think that's a smart move. And I've sort of... It's funny. I am sort of, like... 
it's ever present in my mind that it's a reality TV show, especially when they like sort of involve the personal lives of the investigators. Mm-hmm. And me and my partner, Brendan, have been watching Are You the One, which is also a reality TV show. Very, very different. It's like one of those it's it's one of those dating reality TV shows where there's a bunch of people and they're matched up based off of some like relationship quiz they took and they have to figure out which person they're matched up with and they win money at the end. But it almost made me feel the same way about reality TV shows and like I don't know how much is real and I don't know how much is fake. It, it, even though the shows are completely dissimilar, it's just like the editing and the production, what they choose to show the audience is completely up to them. And there is no, you know, the the whole thing, even though there's no supernatural activity in a dating show, <laughs> it almost it almost felt as re- like it almost felt as fake as a go- a show like Ghost Hunters, if that makes sense. Cuz they're like inventing drama, you yeah, know. Yeah, like at the end of the day, it's television and it needs to follow a certain like it needs to check certain boxes, like it needs to be compelling, it needs to tell a story, and if like with reality TV, like you're given reality. Reality isn't always interesting. So you kind of like as a, a TV show maker, you got to like pull some strings to make it interesting. I It's funny, like I've been like, like re-researching the show and stuff. And I came across an unofficial Reddit AMA from somebody who claims to be a videographer on the show. And there are, of course, like a bunch, because like he wasn't verified, a bunch of people were like, this is bullshit, you're not real. But uh, this person, if we are trusting him, basically said that like all of the reactions are real, all of the things that happened were real, it was editorialized a little bit, like certain moments were like drawn out or like, made to be a little bit more dramatic than they actually were, but mostly because a bunch of people walking around a house isn't really very interesting. That I mean, who sense. who knows if this person is legit or not, but also true. it's the internet. But, you know, I, I like to believe that that's the case. Makes it feel more real. How did it feel when you guys were, like, watching it? I didn't expect myself to feel scared while watching the show, because we watched it as kids, and obviously I feel like as a kid I was more reactive to things like this, and I'm like, oh, I'm an adult now, like, I like scary things. Um, And the first two episodes that we watched were kind of slower, like, not a lot happened. I think the first two, the Armory and the Race Rock Lighthouse, there was, like, one big event that happened, and then the rest of the night was kind of nothing. And then the last two, I feel like so much happened in both of them, and, like, the whole episode, I was terrified. It was really suspenseful. (laughs) I was, was so stressed. I really liked the St. Augustine Lighthouse episode. It was just like really fun to watch. And I was like, oh my God, what are they seeing? What are they going to find next? Right. Um, right. It was like a little bit of like the thrill of the chase there because yeah. they like, it's it's a lighthouse with a big spiral staircase and they kept hearing voices. And so they were like following the voices up this massive, spi- like a very, very tall lighthouse. And they were like like chasing chasing these voices up to the very top, and it was just like you feel like the tension mounting as they're doing this. It was really like, ugh, ugh, talk about good TV, man. Well, and then I think too because we were binging it, and so like the first two were like, haha, oh this is fun, haha, oh that guy felt like he was pushed, and like by the end of wa- watching the two, we were like, okay, let's watch another, and we put that other one on, and I was like so much in like, oh my god, like <laughs> everything feels. Good mode that like I was like okay another we gotta we gotta we gotta because it just like it like put 
me in that like state physically of like yeah like my adrenaline was pumping like but like Callie said like I wasn't expecting to feel like that because in my memory I'm like oh I was a kid you know of course everything felt super real like of course I was afraid like you know I'm much more of a skeptic now than I was back then so like I don't really believe that stuff is real but man my emotions would have me believe otherwise (laughs) oh yeah I was definitely really interested in one of the things we already mentioned, which is there's obviously like a host of characters that belong to TAPS, yeah. which is like the team that investigates all these things. And they definitely build out all those guys, all those characters. They're mostly guys. And one of the characters, Steve, his character arc is really interesting, I think, because obviously the show is a lot about fear. And like you guys said, like confronting fear, accepting fear and... Steve is not scared of paranormal apparitions, Mm -hmm. not scared of ghosts, but he has a really bad fear of heights and a really bad fear of flying. And in the lighthouse episode that you were talking about, the St. Augustine lighthouse, it's super tall. It's like one of the tallest lighthouses in America, I think they said. And he climbs the steps, but he won't go outside or, you know, he's sort of fighting this thing within himself of like... I want to see the ghosts. I want to do the investigation, but I I can't go that far. This is, you mm-hmm. know, this is something I can't do. And then the last episode when they go to Ireland, he he won't go. He tries to go. They He gets on the plane. It sounds like he had a really bad experience. They say that he had a traumatic experience on a plane yeah. and he has a really hard time flying. He's like, I know it looks normal to you guys, but I get on the plane and I think every single person on this plane is going to die. Yep. That's got to be so intense. Uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine. And I thought that was honestly some of the most compelling TV mm-hmm. in the show. And yeah, he doesn't make it to Ireland. Yeah. So he get he gets on the plane and then gets off. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I would the- love like I would love to see a follow up on like I mentioned before, like I wonder how he's doing with that now. Like I I, I do like that was, you know, however long ago, 12 years ago now, like he, you know, he when that. they they were like exploring that arc he was saying, like, I feel like this is really, like, hindering, like, my life in a lot of really significant ways. Like, this is a really huge opportunity and I want to be there, but I I just, like, I, I can't. Like, this thing is preventing me from doing that. And, like, we never get any resolution. I know. <laughs> or at least, at least the three of us didn't get any resolution with that uh, as far as our viewing experience goes, but... I just like he's he's definitely like the most likable character, at least to me. Like he just seems so like yeah. genuine and like sweet and kind and like calm. And I just want him to be happy. <laughs> I just want him to see Irish ghosts. It's it's funny that especially in the St. Augustine Lighthouse episode, he wasn't climbing the tower because he didn't want to. He was afraid. I think he was in the like house next door exploring that but when he heard that everyone was having experiences in the tower he is really excited and he's like i want to go experience that which is funny because i feel like a lot of people are like oh you're seeing ghosts in the tower let me go away from that (laughs) so he's like i can't climb the tower because i'm afraid of heights but oh my god there's ghosts there now i have to go that's true he was able to kind of confront his fear in a sense because he you know he 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 didn't stay very long. He didn't go all the way up to the top at that point. But like he like when he heard how how much everybody else was experiencing, he was like, OK, I got to fight this thing because I want to experience that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know exactly what it is, but it felt like they're like thrill seekers mm. or something. There is some sort of something going on with this group of people that unites them, certainly, to to seek this experience. Because even, I think, in in the Irish Elemental episode, when they go to Ireland, they're sort of talking about like, oh, you want to have that that thing that happens to you, the thing that really like confirms your belief. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about it in a personal sense as like, as if everybody wants to have that one defining moment that makes them really believe or, or really affects them. And it did seem like a group of people united by not not exactly a belief, because that's what they're that's what they're always saying is they're not sure if they believe, but they they're almost chasing confirmation of belief. Yeah. I always am curious about how they are feeling because in the first episode we watched in the armory episode, the the one woman, she does the interviews for the show and she there was a moment with her and Grant who's the lead investigator where she is like I am so scared right now. She's like I've never been so scared and he was basically saying to her like if you are going to be feeling fear like this, then you shouldn't be in this profession, basically. Which makes me then just really curious about how everyone's feeling, because what are you... I don't know, It maybe it's a different kind of fear, like more of like a thrill of like riding a roller coaster. Like people, I don't like roller coasters, but people who like roller coasters, I'm assuming they're still scared, but like different from my fear, I guess. Like I'm fearing that I'm gonna die and they're, I don't even know what they're feeling. It just makes me curious about how the the main investigators are feeling this whole time. Because I can't imagine. I would be terrified. I wouldn't step into a haunted lighthouse in the daytime and they do it at night. (laughs) I have to assume that it's an adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of struck by that scene you were talking about where I forget what the guy's name is, but I think he's talking to that woman, Donna. Mm -hmm. And he, he's sort of being hard on yeah. her. I, I thought a little aggressive, like, oh, why are you even here? If you don't want to do this work, you know, this is really important to the rest of us. You shouldn't be scared like this. If you're too scared, you shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I was a little taken aback by that. Because in that episode, something physically happens to someone. Like that guy, there's a, a cameraman or a sound guy, I think. I think he's yeah. a sound guy who who falls and hits the back of his head. And he seems like he's hit his head pretty hard. And I understand, you know, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt, literally. Yeah. And so I thought he, maybe he was, like, getting a, a little bit of his own anxiety out on this other team member. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that. Because that, that was after the cameraman fell or yeah. the sound guy. I think he was holding a boom mic. Right. And he claims that he felt like something like rammed into him and that he fell backwards because he was pushed by some entity. And, uh, you know, that was like the big defining moment of the episode. But that's an interesting point that like, because I agree, like I also felt like he was being really like particularly hard on her. And like she was saying, like, I'm so scared, like I almost don't want to be here. And he was like, well, then don't. And she was like, but I do want to, but I am really shaken by this. It's interesting to think that like that could like his response to her would be like his way of kind of channeling his anxiety about the situation because it was clearly a really tense moment for like the whole crew. Like everyone was really worried about the, the guy who fell. Like he was genuinely hurt. 
they had to get like so, like a medic to come over and like help him out and stuff. So even like setting the paranormal stuff aside, just like caring for somebody that you work with every day, like that's 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 tense and stressful. Taking it out on your coworker isn't very healthy, but <laughs> no, I feel like there is something really comforting about the show, though. Something about it does feel like very recognizable and easy and and sort of you fall into the the rhythms of it i i think it's because because they are there are these characters that they build that like that you do kind of like start to get to know and you like feel like like oh steve you just want him to like be able to get on a plane you know they start to feel like your friends a little bit and and they genuinely believe in this thing and it's so they treat it so realistically that I I feel like it's like a little bit of balm over that part of your heart that like still kind of holds on to this belief of like the paranormal. And it's like, my guys over there, they got me. And like, whether or not you're actively like, oh my God, my house is haunted or like, I don't really believe in ghosts, but I still get scared when I walk up the basement stairs sometimes. <laughs> Just kind of like knowing that like these people are there. Like, I don't know if it, 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 it's like, there's like a level of companionship, I think almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like all the people on the TAPS team obviously work with each other all the time, and it feels like they have this genuine connection via their love of the paranormal and, like, seeking the truth with the paranormal that I find comforting, I guess. I don't know. I feel like for, for people like you and I, like, there's, we talked about this, like, I don't believe in ghosts necessarily, but like sometimes the basement really freaks me out. Oh, and yeah. like I'm a grown ass adult woman who spends a lot of time in my basement because I have like my sewing machine down there and stuff. But sometimes at night I walk up the stairs and I get like a, oh my God, I need to be at the top of the stairs right now. <laughs> I do that too. Right. And <laughs> so like, like watching the show, it's like, I don't know, it makes me feel a little bit more sane almost. Yeah. Like there, there are people out there who would like not be like, oh, haha, that's so silly. Right. They'd be like, oh, let's explore this. Right. <laughs> right. Like, why do you feel that way when you walk up the stairs? I don't know. Maybe is it ghosts or is it electrical wiring that's exposed <laughs> and making me feel weird? <laughs> they they should introduce a a, a um hang a blank on the word a psychiatrist to the or a a, a psychologist. Which mm-hmm. ones? Talk therapy. Psychologist. Psychologist. They, they should bring a psychologist They should introduce the a psychiatrist just they... to fucking drug us up. <laughs> <laughs> Give everyone really just put us in Yo. that fucking castle. Let's pop oh some god. zannies in this fucking lighthouse. Oh my god. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I was going to say it would be really interesting to, to have somebody like come in and like bring the like psychological side of it to like you know no i think you're totally right because like so much of it too is like what we build up in our heads yeah so much of it is that's true there's also people who are like really into paranormal stuff um there's this theory that like your energy can manifest things so like your house might not necessarily be 
haunted by spirits, but you might be manifesting a haunting in your house because of your mindset and the energy that you're putting out into it. I think this is something that they talked about on um, the Unexplained podcast that I also listened to a lot of because I like spooky things. There was like one case that he was talking about where it could have been that this house that this family lived in like wasn't necessarily like haunted before they moved in, but that they like somehow manifested a haunting based on their own feelings and their like shared experience together of being like, oh my God, things are happening. And like the more that you believe that things are happening, the worse it gets because it's affecting you more. When things are happening, it's like ramping you up and like making the haunting worse. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yes. (laughs) What's interesting about the way that you just explained that, and I don't know if that's the intention behind the theory, but the way that you just explained that kind of makes it seem like a haunting can just be what is in your head. And like, if you're like building up these experiences and like you think you're hearing things like, oh man, this gets into the whole like, what even is reality, you know? <laughs> like like if, if you think you hear something or if you do hear something, whether or not there was something making that noise, like it's still very real to you oh, and yeah. like you're still experiencing something as haunted, mm-hmm. you know? And so then like, what is a haunting then? Does it necessarily need to be like human spirits or an elemental in your home or can it just be like, like you ha- you're having like going through a hard time in your life and like you have a lot of negative energy and it's manifesting these traumatizing experiences and you kind of want to write it off as ghosts but you know like maybe yeah. it is all in your head and maybe that's that's valid to call a haunting in and of itself but what about when those experiences become shared? Like, if you're by yourself and you're seeing and you're hearing things, like, it could very well be something that you're just experiencing because of your, like, emotional or physical state. But when you're with someone else and you both see or hear the same thing, like, that's what the the theory is saying that, like, It's not that you're experiencing it in your brain, but like you're making it happen and other people will see and hear it too. So it's not necessarily all in your head. It's like actually happening, but it's happening because of your energy. Yeah, Yeah. I understand that. And I like that theory, but I also like my theory. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yours yours is valid too. You're valid. Thank you. No, I think, it's funny. I think, Erin, you're totally right, but I'd also... I think a mental state can be shared very easily. And in fact, I think a mental state can be heightened by being shared. So, yeah, I was thinking because it's like, what what happens when you bring a third party in then? And it it sort of, it it reminds me, Erin, of like this thing that I've seen when, when people say, oh, you're just doing something for attention. It's like, okay, if I'm doing something for attention, then obviously something's still happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I still need help. Right, right. If you think I'm doing all this for attention, then maybe I need attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like maybe something needs to be addressed here. Yeah, which is so fun. I saw that somewhere and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Totally. <laughs> it, it, that sort of mindset really, I feel like, switches me around. But I, I think you're right. I think it's it's totally both things. It can be personal mindset and it can also be sort of the shared experience of hyping of hyping your friends up about something or hyping the people you're with up about something 
like in the Irish Elemental when they keep on seeing that face just like floating in the darkness and more I feel like it starts with like two guys and then it's like three guys maybe there's not four guys at the end but it just feels like more (laughs) more people are coming into that room being like did you see a face and they're all like yes yes I saw a face I saw a face yeah and they're like all scared to say it individually but as soon as someone sort of adds to the narrative they get even more excited about sort of sharing their experiences and being like yes we're all in this together and you're right and I'm right and my feelings are valid and your feelings are valid and and we're definitely all seeing and feeling the same thing yeah that's interesting because it I think it was like there was a pair of them and then one of them saw it and then like shortly after being like oh my god I saw a face the other person was like oh wow I saw it too and then a third person came up and they were like oh my god did you guys just see that face and they were like oh my god yes and then they all end up admitting that they saw like a guy with a beard and a hood and they were like oh my god I didn't I didn't want to say that at first but you saw the same thing that's exactly what I saw and like it's very possible that maybe they all did see the same thing or it's possible that they're just like psyching themselves out and then just being like oh my god yeah totally that's totally what i saw too and they're like so just like in the moment that they don't yeah. even realize that what they're saying might not even necessarily be true this is reminding me so hard of a story that mom told me cuz i don't remember this but when we were very very young our brother would experience like paranormal oh, yeah. things like like he had a dream that a spider bit my dad and like he was crying at night. My mom went upstairs and at that very moment, there was a spider crawling on dad's face, like that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and and my mom told us the story of this one time, like my brother and I were being weird when we were very, very young. And she's like, what's up? And my brother is like, oh, well, that guy in the corner, there was no guy in the corner. And he starts describing this very tall, like man with like a big beard and like a, like a tall, like Abraham Lincoln hat. And I like chimed in like all chipper like yeah and a pink tutu (laughs) and like I it's funny because like I I don't remember this I was so young but like I'm almost certain that it was like like I just want to be a part of this you know I want to be a part of this experience and so like I'm gonna add my own color to it and like my brother probably genuinely felt like there was a man in the corner whether or not there was but um, obviously that's kind of like an extreme childish example, but I wonder how much of like that, like seeing the priest's face in the corner is a little bit of like, I, I want this experience. And so you're like kind of making it, you're manifesting it within yourself. Kind of goes back to that, like it's a little bit about your mindset. Yeah. Like they they want to believe they saw something so bad that they'll just like latch on to whatever the other person says. Yeah, and oh, then like totally memory me is so fickle, like you can like, you know, you can rewrite history because you remember it slightly differently. And like every time you remember something, you're kind of just like remembering a memory. And so it kind of will keep evolving in your head. And so like maybe you thought you saw something and then somebody says, oh yeah, I saw a thing too. And then that kind of like bolsters it in your mind. And then when you talk about it again and they're like, yeah, I saw it with a beard. You're like, you know what? Oh my God, me too. Like, Mm. yeah. In some ways, I think there's like a joy to that. uh, Something about that feels almost like the foundation of storytelling when like something builds on something else and you just create this yarn that may not be exactly based in the truth. But like you said, what what is real experience, if not the things that we decide and the things that we experience? Totally. Yeah. You know, the Matrix, man. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched that movie very recently. Does it hold up? 
Yeah, it does. You know, it was the first time I've actually seen that movie all the way through. It was very entertaining. Yeah. I have a yeah. really actually traumatic childhood memory of when he's in like the car or whatever and they're putting that bug in his oh god yeah, i hate that scene i had literally i think forgotten the ex- entire movie except for that scene <laughs> and i remembered that scene so crystal clear because i was terrified of it as a child yeah, that's scary yeah horrible so, so, god, so, so nasty <laughs> I don't like what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I saw it again as an adult and I was like, I mean, this is scary. I see why a kid would hate it, but um, it's not the end of the world to see it as an adult. (laughs) That's how I thought I was going to feel watching Ghost Hunters. Me too. I thought it was going to be like, oh yeah, I can see why that scared me as a kid. And like, that was true of like the first couple of episodes that we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Watching those, those last two episodes, like it like reawakened feelings in me that maybe we're just lying dormant since we were younger are you guys gonna watch more i almost watched more yesterday but then i fell asleep (laughs) but i was i was googling i wanted to refresh my memory on the episodes that we watched on saturday so i was like on the ghost hunters like wikipedia not like the actual wikipedia but you know how every thing that exists has its own like version of wikipedia ghost hunters wiki yes i was on the ghost hunters wiki like reading the synopsis of every episode and then i was on youtube like looking up clips from ghost hunter and and then i found full episodes (laughs) of ghost hunters on youtube and i was like oh shit i'm gonna watch these and then i fell asleep (laughs) we could watch some more later tonight we could actually the the way i love to experience horror movies is uh to read the plot synopsis and not watch it at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did with, um, oh man, what's that David Lynch film? That's horrifying. Eraserhead. Eraserhead, yeah. Um, I rented it from the library and then everybody that I ever knew was like, you shouldn't watch that. Extremely disturbing. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. So I read the synopsis on Wikipedia and I was like, that sounds horrible, but I need to see it. And I'm going to watch it tonight. And then I was like, wait, wait, no. I have a calculus final in the morning and I cannot watch this tonight. So I've never seen it, but I know what happens. Well, the thing about that is that the plot doesn't really matter. It is. Yeah. So because the way I think, you know, horror movies sometimes have a twist. So sometimes I'll see the trailer and I'm like, I just want to know what the twist is. And that's why I read the uh, plot synopsis. But Eraserhead is one of the few movies i whenever i watch a scary movie even if it's not even if it's just a, a thriller i'm so scared of having bad dreams mm-hmm. i almost mm-hmm. never do but i have had like really de- like scary eraser head dreams maybe we should watch it together Ugh. okay but not tonight okay. <laughs> i don't even want to think about it i've seen pictures of the baby okay so then you've sort of seen the worst part yeah i think i think that is the worst part yeah the way it like so cries intrigued. though and then different never mind anyway <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on guys well, thank you for, for having, having us. us this was really fun mm-hmm. i hope we said good things you did so so many good things thank you so much as always for listening if you're enjoying 11 again and you think you know someone else who would also like it please recommend it to them and if you need to find me or the show in any sense the Twitter is at 11 again podcast at 11 again podcast. And if you didn't already know, 11 again is part of a network called The Worst Garbage Online, which means that there are other shows that we're connected to. 
One is called Into the Aether, which is a low-key video gaming podcast, and there are a couple that are in development or in the works that you can also check out if you go to theworstgarbage.online. Worst garbage, the online.